As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us. This is Mike Sipple Jr. with the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. And we are here today in the studio with Maggie Fry. She runs CORE, which is an organizational development and communication consulting practice based in Cincinnati, Ohio, helping organizations all over the country achieve their strategic business goals through the humanization of their workforce. Maggie, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Mike. I'm happy to be here. And Maggie, you and I have, uh, we met over seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time that our team met you, how we felt the chemistry of your enthusiasm and your energy and your passion for people and leadership. And it has been a real pleasure being with you along the last seven-year journey that you've been on. Thank you. Feelings mutual. So Maggie, one of the the topic for today is really to talk about the Um, aspect of building your people's potential as well as your own potential as a leader for all of the listeners um, who are tuning in today. So can we talk a little bit about your recent experiences on theme themes that you've been drawing out from your leadership development programs? Sure, absolutely. So we work with leaders all over the country from emerging leaders to executive leaders and everything in between. And We certainly see some emerging trends and discussions and conversations around leadership in today's world, particularly a a few that really pop out to mind is this concept of truly setting aside some dedicated time for self-reflection. You know, we... We go throughout our day, we're busy people, and we don't often lift our heads up. And so the leaders that we work with, we work with them a lot on kind of heads up leadership, awareness of yourself, awareness of the people around you, awareness of the way that your styles or your interactions with people are, how they are coming across and the results or the outcomes that you're, you're gaining from that. And one of the greatest value points that we hear from the leaders that we do work with is how taking that dedicated self-reflection time has boosted their leadership effectiveness uh, tenfold. You know, that that heads-up leadership mentality is huge. Do you see from a personal reflection of those individuals going through your programs, my assumption is many of them have people that they're leading, whether that's in the workplace or in the personal life? Do you have conversations about their awakening of not just how they're leading themselves well, but how they're leading others well? Yeah, absolutely. We, we tell the leaders we work with all the time that people are watching you. Uh, when you're a leader, you have followers, right? That's Leadership is all about influence. It's It's not about your title. It's not about your position. It's not about the power that you have, but it's about your influence over other people. And so that when you're a leader of influence, people watch you. And even a little bit scarier than that, people mimic your behavior. So whatever we are doing, whatever we are saying, 
if I'm a leader answering my email on vacation, guess what the people I'm leading are going to do? I might even tell them, hey, you know what? Enjoy your time off. I really want you to unplug. But they're going to do as I do, not as I say. And so as a leader of other people and as an influencer of other people, it's really, really important to understand that people are watching you. People will mimic your behavior because you're a person of influence. And so it's extremely important for you to model the way. So walk us through a little bit of your work around self-awareness. What are the tools and resources that you utilize and that those listening might also be able to utilize, whether through you or through their own resources, to to be more self-aware? So there's a couple tools that we use very consistently in our practice. And we happen to use the Wiley Disc set of products in our practice. We are heavy users of disc workplace and disc work of leaders. Um, We have found that the disc workplace assessment is complicated enough to bring meaning and value, but also simple enough to remember and understand and apply. So it's kind of that perfect balance of an assessment that is rich, but also an assessment that is applicable and one that you'll remember. So we use DISC very heavily in our practice to have others gain some self-awareness. We also use strengths finders very heavily. We, we believe in strengths-based leadership. Just working with the team this morning, uh, working through their strengths results and their DISC results. And it was very much a day all about self-reflection for them. Um, there's a lot of tools out there. We also always encourage people to talk to trusted people in their life because sometimes you're going to get the best feedback and perspective when you ask people who work very closely with you or you ask um, a mentor or a boss, you know, what do you see as my greatest strengths? What do you see as my greatest limitations? Um, when I say this, what do you hear? How am I coming across? What, how would you describe my personal brand? Who are those people in your life that you can ask those questions to and know that you are going to receive really open and honest responses, uh, both positively and constructively? So aside from formal tools like DISC and strengths, we also encourage the leaders we work with to just ask those great questions about themselves to the people in their lives. Could you share a little bit about wellness and whole self. I know, you know, today people are looking at, you know, we used to try to separate, create balance between work and personal life. And now there's some new concepts and theories coming out about what that really should look like. So one trend we are definitely seeing from the folks that we work with, the leaders we work with is they are no longer asking questions about their leadership at work they're asking questions about their whole self. So the person they are both inside and outside of work. Whereas say, you know, I've been doing this for about 15 years now, and even five or 10 years ago, we didn't get as many of those questions. But in today's world, we definitely are. And it's because we're seeing a lot more of a mentality of, you know, this is me, this is my life. I don't live in these buckets, so why should I explore leadership in these buckets? So all the buckets are just kind of melding together. 
And for people to really lead as their authentic selves, they are going to find that those same trends, their characteristics, their strengths, their limitations are what you are leading with both inside and outside of the workplace. Uh, So wellness is absolutely one component that comes up a lot uh, because that's an aspect of your whole self. Uh, It's not just your professional self, but wellness is in every sense of the word, emotional, uh, social, physical is a key component to the way that we go about developing leaders today. So regarding habits, are there specific habits? Are there big habitual changes or even small habits where you encourage people to start to get more control of the pace that we all run, the experiences that we all have, the need to get more done in less time, get more accomplished with fewer resources? Are there particular habits that you start with in your work with people? We do. So we say, we we often tell people, you know, if you're looking to make a big change or strengthen your muscle in a certain area, it's it's not, try not to, to see it as eating that elephant, right? But take it one piece at a time. So what are those small habitual changes you can start making to build the best version of yourself? And they can be things as little as, well, in the morning, I'm going to take 10 minutes to start journaling. Or um, at the end of every workday, I'm going to start thanking at least three people for a specific contribution that they made today. Or um, at lunch, three days a week, I'm going to scrap the carrots and add in, or scrap the chips, sorry, and add in the carrots um, for something crunchy. So whatever it is they're trying to work towards, there are typically small habits that can start to be formed over time that will help get them there. I mean, I was just having a conversation with a leader this morning about giving feedback. He recognized that giving feedback to his team is not a strength of his, but he wants to get better at it. So um, some people will actually put a post-it note at their desk that says, that has three boxes on it, that says, essentially, every time I give someone on my team feedback today, I'm going to check a box. And at the end of the day, I want to make sure that these three boxes get checked. So it's, it's again, kind of start to, make, start to make that a habit. Hold yourself accountable to it, something like the Post-it note on the desks. No one has to know why you have that Post-it note on your desk, right? But it's, it's, it gives you a little bit of self-accountability, and it starts building up those small habits that will result in large impact. Yeah, one of the the tips that I was provided a couple years ago was every time you walk through a door jam, say think something you're thankful for. It's Love just it. a subtle reminder and resource to remember how how thankful we all really should be because of so much good that happens. And the journaling component, what I've learned from my journaling experience is that it puts me in much more of a positive mindset. Versus the everything I didn't get accomplished this week. Look at all of the great things we did get accomplished. Look at all the great people I'm surrounded by and the conversations that we had and the people that we interacted with. And that's a lot to be thankful for. It um, really is. So yep. I love those habits. In terms of time, let's talk a little bit about time. Um, again, the component of how do I ever get to other things that are going to make me healthier as a leader? How do I get to create time? Um, I don't have time to give as much feedback as everyone wants from me if those who work around me. Can you share a little bit about your thoughts and concepts on time? (laughs) 
I certainly can, Mike. So this is something we hear all the time from the leaders that we work with. It's, you know, we all say it. I'm guilty myself of saying it, but I don't have time. I don't have time. I try to encourage people, including myself, to flip what you're saying and stop saying I don't have time for X, Y, Z, but instead say I have not prioritized X, Y, Z. Because essentially, that's what you're saying when you say you don't have time for something. And the greatest leaders uh, that have ever existed, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, they all had 24 hours in a day. We as a human race have always had 24 hours in a day. And so it's not about not having the time to do something. It's about prioritizing where you put your energy, what you say yes to, what you say no to, which is something personally I have to work on, um, and taking control of your calendar. You know, it, it's your calendar. So don't be a passive participant, so to say, in your calendaring experience, uh, but take control of your calendar. Prioritize the things that you want and need to get done. And I think you will find yourself winning the battle with time if you do that. So could you share with our listeners if, if the individual, what is one main takeaway? You know, there's lots of different things that you've discussed today. What do you want the main takeaway to be for the listeners today? Hmm. Great question, Mike. I'm, I'm going to have to go back to the very first thing we started with, and that's this concept of heads-up leadership. I feel like if we all lifted our head up and had a keen awareness of what is going on around us, what we're bringing to the table, what people are truly saying to us when they speak to us, you know, are we listening? Um, how we're observing the interactions with people around us. That concept of heads-up leadership, I feel like, is the kind of leadership we need really bad, not just in today's workplace, but in today's world as well. Um, and I, I fall back on a quote from one of my favorite all-time leadership researchers and authors, uh, Robert Greenleaf. He has since passed, but he is the founder of the Servant Leadership Movement. And he said always something to the, sense, to the extent of um, always look at the bigger picture before you swing on it. I'm, I'm getting this a little bit wrong, but it's it, the point that he's trying to make is see things as much whole. Actually, I think that's how he says it. See things as much whole before you swing on it. And what he's saying is take a look of your take a look at your surroundings, be aware of what's going on around, on around you. Have a really good sense of the bigger picture before you dive into the details. And I think as humans, we tend to dive into the details right away. And that's what we're used to doing, especially if we're applying heads down leadership, kind of the opposite of what I'm talking about. But when we lift our heads up, we're able to do what Robert Greenleaf said, and we're able to see the bigger picture and really have that awareness of our surroundings. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Maggie, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your enthusiasm and passion for building others well. And um, thank you so much for joining us in the Talent Magnet Institute podcast studio today. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Medine of New Fidelity Studios and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Medine. And myself, your host, Mike Sipple Jr. We are recorded in Greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We're supported by our listeners from all around the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is part of the Talent Magnet Institute and Centennial. You can reach me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Mike Sipple Jr. Find us in your favorite podcast app, or you can visit us online at talentmagnetinstitutepodcast.com to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a colleague. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.